From Birmingham, Alabama, this is Ark Stories Radio. The stories you're about to hear are true, personal, and told by the people who live them in front of a live audience at one of our Ark Stories events. So there I was, thinking about what life choices I had made that had led me to this moment of standing in front of a group of strangers attending a football game, being cursed out about Doritos. I'm Taylor Robinson, and today we have three stories about the impact other people can have on our lives. Some for good, others not so much. I caught just enough of the video to see a very large man making this slow walk toward a van, wearing absolutely nothing but his underwear and coated in grease. We created our stories to give Birmingham a place to tell its stories to the world. So coming up, after the news, Birmingham's own true stories. Welcome to Arc Stories Radio. I'm Taylor Robinson, the Arc Stories Director, and I'm joined by my co-host and story coach, Chris Kinsley. Today we have three stories, each recorded throughout Birmingham at different Arc Stories events. They include one man's encounter with perhaps the world's worst burglar, and another who develops an unlikely friendship with someone whose trust he broke way back when he was just a kid. But in our first story, one woman overlooks some early warning signs in the pursuit of love. And as you can probably guess, that is never a good strategy. It's from an event we hosted at the Avon Theater where our theme was, So There I Was. Stories that begin, So There I Was. Here's storyteller Eunice Elliott. So there I was, thinking about what life choices I had made that had led me to this moment of standing in front of a group of strangers attending a football game, being cursed out about Doritos. So just to give you a little bit of background on me, I've always been known for making really good choices professionally, but somehow in my romantic choices, I was also the one who had dated a homeless guy for three months before I figured it out. You know? In my defense, he was a stylist and he told me he was on tour, so that's why he always had luggage when he came to my house. I'm also the one who dated a car salesman who didn't have a car. But again, I was overwhelmingly known as a person who makes good choices and decisions. Give me a couple of mulligans here and there. So one day I had this bright idea in 2006 to leave my uh, professional pursuits in Atlanta and to move back to Alabama just to be a family member. So part of coming home and being a family member meant I moved into my brother's spare bedroom in Hueytown, Alabama, which was a little different than Atlanta and Miami and Connecticut and Nashville and anything that you do on purpose. <laughs> but hey... I was with my family, and that was important to me. This is also around the time that I established a MySpace account. So we know where this is going. 
And so I'm figuring out MySpace, and you're finding friends on MySpace. And so I connected with a gentleman who we just kind of start talking to each other on MySpace. And so he invited me out to meet him for a drink, and that sounded completely safe. This is pre-Craigslist killer, right? And so I met him at his favorite spot, which was Applebee's in Homewood. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, I dated really high-profile people and celebrities and athletes and actors and coaches and financial advisors, but none of them worked out. So the fact that this guy that I met on MySpace invited me to Applebee's was, in that moment, refreshing. This is nice. So we met at Applebee's. He was taller than me. And so I thought, hey, this could be love. <laughs> you know, don't really require much. And so we sort of pursued a friendship, and then that kind of turned quickly into something more than a friendship, somewhat of a relationship. He became my moderate to intermediate significant other in a short amount of time. But keep in mind, the alternative to hanging out with him at Applebee's is hanging out in my brother's spare room in Hueytown, Alabama, which wasn't bad. It just wasn't as good as Applebee's, because they had, they had alcohol and appetizers. All right, so... You know, when you go into a relationship, you realize you're taking baggage with you and situations. And all of us, if we've ever tried to date, we suffer from some form of PTSD. And his seemed to have been, he was very quick to kind of just go off. You know, he had a very quick trigger. So we could be talking about something that really did not amount to much. And the next thing I would know, he was railing, like just screaming and just upset. And I'm not a person that does that. I don't like to argue. I don't like to fight. I would much rather just forget I ever met you and never see you again in life. <laughs> and I've been told that that's marriage. You got to just stay there, right? Okay. So, so the first time this guy went crazy on me, you know, I kind of withdrew for a couple of days. And after a couple of days, I called him and I said, hey, you know, I'm not sure what you're used to, but I'm not really the kind of girl that wants to, you know, it's not really my thing, you know? And he says, you know what? You're right. Me and my ex-girlfriend had this volatile relationship. So I'm just used to trying to defend myself and, and arguing. You're right. You did not do anything to deserve that. And I said, okay, good. So we, we've communicated about this. That's not my thing. I don't respond well to a man's voice at a certain pitch. Right? I think a lot of that goes back to my father not being in my life, but let's keep this a light story, okay? So a few weeks go by, we kind of rekindle the magic of our moderate to intermediate romance at Applebee's, and um, some other random thing comes up, and this guy goes off again. And this time I withdrew for a week. But again, I'm trying. I'm like, there's got to be something to this relationship thing that everybody else is figuring out. So if I've made this grand move to come back to Alabama, come back to Hueytown, I'm going to invest in this dude from MySpace. <laughs> All right. So after a week of not talking to him, I reached back out to him and I said, hey, so listen, I really don't respond well to that whole yelling and screaming thing. You remember that time I told you that? He's like, you're right. I'm so sorry. I said, well, let's just do this because, you know, let's just communicate. I said, let's do this. So if you ever, like, scream at me again, let's just say we have effectively broken up. But that'll be the breakup. We won't talk about breaking up. That will be the breakup. Okay? That'll be it. We'll be done that day, that moment, that second. Okay? So he agreed. So I said, cool. I'm sure this won't happen again. 
So I say to this guy, hey, do you want to go to the Magic City Classic? He said, sure. And just so happens one of my good girlfriends was going to tailgate, which is really the magic of the Magic City Classic is the tailgating. And so she had gone in with some friends, her and her husband, and they had a tent they had purchased, and they had this, the space allotted, and a porta potty, and a DJ, and food, and they invited us. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Not only am I invited to a place that has a porta potty, but... <laughs> I actually have a date because I'm chronically single and I actually have a date that's taller than me to come to this event. <laughs> so um, along the way of getting to know this guy, you know, there were some things, you know, he wasn't like, you know, he was employed. I don't know if it would be gainfully employed. <laughs> All right. He had a job. Um, he didn't have a car, but you know what? I've had guys have had three cars that didn't like me. So that's not really a big deal. He didn't have a car. And, um, he didn't have a cell phone, but listen, this the thing is, see, we could communicate on MySpace, and then the gas was off in his house, and he would warm up his bath water on a hot plate <laughs> in a pot. But you know what? I think what we should do, we should stay focused on this, because I feel like you guys are judging me more than him. So this is about him and his bad choices, not mine right now. So anyway, I'm excited. I have a date going to the Magic City Classic. So the guy, he worked for Pepsi. That was his job. And his job was, um, I mean, it wasn't like in marketing or, you know, sales. He was the guy that put the Pepsi on the shelves in the store. Okay. So I said to him, I said, hey, maybe when you're in one of your stores today, could you just grab some things for us to take to the tailgate? You know, maybe some chips, some soda, some bread, something like that. Because I don't know how it is, you know, in your world, but I have friends that if I show up, and I eat things I didn't bring. They're like, hold up. How many plates she gonna fix? And I didn't want to have that happen. I wanted to come bearing gifts. So he brought two loaves of bread. He brought some plain potato chips and he brought some sodas. I don't remember, but I'm assuming they were Pepsis out of the back of the truck that he didn't actually pay for. All right. So we go to the tailgate. We're eating, we're drinking, we're dancing to the DJ. We're Peeing in a porta potty. We're just having a great time, right? We're having an amazing time. I'm like, this is a successful night for me. I have a date. I'm eating. I'm drinking. I'm at the magazine. This is good. This is why I moved back home, okay? And so the evening is ending, and guys, it's like so many people out here at this event. And so it's just people hanging out. It's getting dark. And so it's like, we're tired. We've had a good time. Yeah, let's call it a night. Okay, great. So as we're walking away from the tailgate, we tell my friends goodbye, thanks for the invitation, had a great night. We're walking, um, I parked a couple of blocks away. And so we walk into my car and he says, man, nobody really ate any of the stuff we brought. And I thought, wow, that's wildly unattractive. <laughs> I said, well, we ate stuff we didn't bring. So it all equals out, you know? So walk a few more steps. And he says, man, like, I don't even have bread at the house. I want to go back and get that bread. <laughs> and so in my mind, I'm thinking, what does a broke fool say for 600, Alex? That's what he says. I want to go back and get the bread. <laughs> so at this point, I'm like, wow, this is really happening. But we're still walking towards my car. He didn't go back towards the tent to get the bread. So I'm like, well, okay, we'll just keep walking. So we're still walking. And then he says, I mean, nobody ate those chips. I was like, at this point, I had to say something. I said, look, you know what? I found my home in somebody's Doritos, so if somebody takes home those potato chips, it's fine. It equals out. It's all good. To which he replied, 
Doritos ain't chips. I can accept you not having a car, a phone, no hot water in your home. I can accept you questioning, you know, your, your birth, maybe not even loving your mother, but Doritos ain't chips. What kind of idiot have I been kissing in the mouth? What, what is happening right now? My gosh. So we're walking, and I really don't even think we're having a real conversation, but when he says Doritos ain't chips, I said, what? I said, yeah, Doritos are chips, they're tortilla chips. Says it on the bag, tortilla chips. <laughs> so he says, no, they're not chips. And I said, Doritos are chips. We're still walking, but I don't think we're, and he says, no, when someone says chips, they mean plain potato chips. I said, no, when someone says chips, it means it's on the chip aisle. It might be <laughs> peanuts, popcorn, pretzels, Funyuns, Pringles, Cheetos. Pepsi is on the chip aisle. You should know this. If it's on the chip aisle, it's a chip. Again, I really don't think we have a real conversation. Walk a few more steps. The next thing I know, he starts cussing me out. I would say what he said, but I signed that paper to say they can play this on the radio and they got the FCC and all that. So <laughs> I don't want to be bleeping out stuff. But anyway, he curses me out. He was 6'6", so he was flailing and cursing me out. It was this really big scene. And so and after he curses me out, he stumps off down the street, leaves me. And it's like dark outside. I'm walking. And of course, all these people are around looking around like, oh, my God, who is? And I looked around, too, like, who was that? Who was? <laughs> Did you see that guy? Who was he with? Oh what happened with him? What's happening? Who was that? Wow. Weird. So as I'm walking a couple more blocks to my car, I said a little silent prayer, and I said, well, baby Jesus, that was dramatic, but thank you for a way out. Because remember, that means we just broke up. <laughs> we just broke up at the Magic City Classic. So I walk a few more blocks to my car. I know I'll never see this person again. I'm so relieved. And then I get to my car, and he's standing at the passenger side of my car. And I had never been in a situation like this before, you know. I don't know how to handle somebody who's acting like this. So I get in my car. I crank up the car. I don't unlock his door. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, what would Jesus do? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. So I sit there for a minute, and then I unlock the door, and he gets in the car. And he's still just kind of huffing and puffing. And I say, I'm sorry. Were we talking about chips? <laughs> and he's just screaming, just take me home. Just take me. And I said, I can't move the car. I don't know what's wrong with you. I, I can't drive with you acting like this. Are you drunk? Did you get stung by a bee? Like, <laughs> what's, what's going on right now? And he's like, you don't always have to be right. Just let me be wrong. And I said, oh, this is about your childhood. Okay. Okay. This isn't even about me or these Doritos right now. So anyway, I told him I couldn't move the car. He gets out the car. Like, he's, I guess he's going to walk home now. I don't know. So he's walking off. And then I remembered, oh, wait, wait, wait. And I opened the door. And I said, hey, let me get my phone. Because I told y'all he didn't have a phone. And I had let him borrow one of my phones. Again, don't judge me. This is about him. <laughs> I had two phones. Okay, and so he, he takes my phone and he throws it at me. But he throws like a girl, so it hit the ground. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So I pick up the phone, I get in the car, and I kind of collect myself, and I'm watching him walk away. And if you ever seen like a nature film or something with like a baboon, and you know the baboon is walking, and all you see is just like the pink <laughs> on this baboon. I just saw his, he was just showing his <laughs> And as he walked off, I thought, well, that's another relationship gone, another story I have to tell about how it didn't work out. But all I really, really was thinking was, please don't let him go back and get that bread. <laughs> So he didn't even have one? He didn't even have one. I, I don't understand that. How, did, how does that work? Right, because he sell them. Yeah. He don't have one. I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm no, confused. I'm confused. How I meet a car salesman who ain't got no car. <laughs>